Hello and welcome to the Sharper Than the Sword podcast, where we discuss the power of God's Word in a practical way. In the last episode, we looked at how treasuring God's Word fills us up with hope and joy because we are focusing on God's promises, and therefore we can have hope in what He will do for us. He will exalt us, He will resurrect us, He will finish the good work that He started in our hearts, and that is something to rejoice in. And so today we are going to be looking at growth in holiness as a result of treasuring God's Word. And so again, there needs to be a distinction between the unbeliever and the believer. It requires a work of God in the hearts of um, any believer in order for there actually to be growth in holiness. Um, And this is especially important because we can't just expect if we haven't repented, if we haven't trusted in Christ, and if God did not draw us to himself, then we cannot expect biblical holiness to follow. And so number one, in the very first point of this, is that when we trusted in Christ for the very first time, our identity became rooted in Christ himself, and that is a reason that we should strive for holiness. Ephesians 1, 3-14 says this, and this is one of my favorite parts of Scripture because it's about God's promises and what our response should be to it. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Christ Jesus, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the Beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace which he lavished upon us, and all wisdom and insight making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time, to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth, In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who are first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, you were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it, to the praise of his glory. Even if I were to try and unpack all the beautiful promises in this section of scripture, I don't think I'd be able to. There's just so much here. But the thing to see here is that he chose us in him before the foundation of the world so that we should be holy and blameless before him. So it's kind of a cause and effect thing. We are set apart so that we may be holy and blameless before him. And what does the word holy mean? It means to be set apart. So we are set apart literally from the rest of the world when we are justified and we are given a new identity. And so therefore we should act like we were given that identity rather than pursuing the things that our identity used to be rooted in. We shouldn't chase sin. We shouldn't pursue sin because as we covered in the last episode, sin is empty and provides us nothing. So he predestined us according to adoption as sons so that we could be holy and blameless before him. So, Paul tells us here that our identity is in Christ and that we were set apart to be redeemed, but this is different than what our identity used to be. Being holy and blameless is something that follows after one is justified in a process called sanctification. 
And so just to go over these two things very quickly, justification is the act of God declaring us not guilty by what Christ has done. He has set us free. He has bought us with a price by his blood. He has died in place of our punishment, which is death, so that we could be righteous. His righteousness is imputed to us. And so now we are justified. We are not guilty before God. Sanctification is the active process in which we are becoming more holy, and it is it is a lifetime process, so we will never stop going through sanctification in our life. It is something that continually happens, um, and so this is exactly what we should do. We should strive to be holy and blameless, and that is sanctification. So, what did our identity used to be? Paul explains that in 1 Corinthians 6, 9-11. through It says, Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. And so the thing to notice here is such were some of you, but you were washed and sanctified. So we see here, one goes through their life as a sinner, and then they are born again, and they are washed, and they are renewed, and now they are supposed to pursue their new identity. And so does this passage mean that we are unable to enter the kingdom of God if we have done these things? No, that's the entire point, is that everybody has practiced these things. Everybody has uh, stolen. Everybody has lied. Everybody has broken God's commandments. And so we must be born again. So these people were justified. They were made clean by God himself. And so because we are washed, we must strive for holiness. Through Jesus Christ, God's kingdom is available to all who repent and trust in Jesus. Number three, we should treasure God's word in our hearts so that we may not sin against God. God's word should be the ultimate weapon that we use to defeat sin. And so in Psalm 119, David cries out to God and asks him to teach him his statutes. This is exactly the model that we should follow every single day in the things that we should ask God to do in us. It says, Blessed are those whose way is blameless, who walk in the way of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with their whole heart, who also do no wrong but walk in his ways. You've commanded your precepts to be kept diligently. Oh, that my ways may be kept steadfast in keeping your statutes. Then I shall not be put to shame, having my eyes fixed on all your commandments. I will praise you with an upright heart when I learn your righteous rules. I will keep your statutes. Do not utterly forsake me. How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. With my whole heart I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. I've stored up your word in my heart so that I may not sin against you. So here, what does David store up in his heart? Does he try and muster up his own strength to somewhat try and follow God's law? No, he asks God to help him see his law and keep his law. And David's weapon is the word that helps him to defeat sin. Number four, one of the things in the way of our holiness is not only ourselves, but it's Satan. 
So what is the solution to that? According to Ephesians 6, the solution is equipping ourselves with the word of God, just like we use to defeat sin in our flesh. Ephesians 6, 10 through 17 says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. So let's do a quick overview of all things that Paul mentions here that we should use to combat the, the schemes of the devil. Number one, the Lord should be our strength. We cannot do anything with our own strength because our flesh is dead. It is dying. All it wants to do is rebel against God. And so we should rely on the Lord's strength and not our own. Number two, we should trust in everything God is and trust in it. God is bigger than we could possibly imagine. He has infinite, infinite holiness. He has infinite glory. He has infinite love and in all these different attributes. So we should trust in everything God is instead of everything we are. Very similar to the first one, but we are trusting in everything God is and who he is. Number three, we should trust in the validity of God's word. Number four, we should be obedient to God. Number five, we should trust in the gospel that saved us. Number six, we should be relentless and have faith in our God. And this faith extinguishes the flaming darts of Satan. The thing that Paul connects to extinguishing the flaming darts of the enemy is our faith. So that is very important. We should hold fast to that. Number seven, we should cling to our salvation in the fact that we are set free. So in other words, we shouldn't just dwell on our past or what we used to do, but we should instead dwell on our salvation. Number eight, we should have the word of God to fight for us. So one way that we can do this is meditate on scripture. As David said, he said, uh, I treasure your words that I may not sin against you. So that's exactly what we should do. And we could do this uh, by memorizing God's word. And number nine, we should be prayer warriors. And so our trust is in God and what he has done and not ourselves. Ultimately, these things help us to live holy lives when, when what we rely on is him instead of ourselves. Thank you for tuning in to episode three of Sharper Than the Sword. I would really appreciate it if you would like or subscribe or follow, depending on the platform that you're using. Um, and we will see you next week. God bless.